Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday. Happy hour's going down right now, 277 on Margarita's Beers and Shots. It's at Flamingo and Paradise. You can bet the games. Bet those college football games. are posted, a lot of them, at the William Hill Racing Sportsbook right by the Silver and Gold Bar. John Von Tobel is the company today. Danny's helping us out with the equipment uh, on site here at Silver 7's. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. All right, so a big blow-up the last couple of days, John, about NBA award voting. It turns out that both Kendrick Perkins, who played the game, and Jalen Rose, who played the game, made some real questionable decisions. I mean, I don't like to kill guys over something that is subjective, but Jalen Rose voting, Kyrie Irving, who didn't play most of the season. Yeah, that's not subjective. 29 games all year as all NBA is sort of absurd. And, it, you know, it brings up a discussion. I know you wanted to have, like, a month ago, about ESPN and other networks, you know, bringing in athletes, right? And lately ESPN brought in Patrick Beverly. I have no idea if that lays the groundwork for a broadcasting career down the road. J.J. Redick recently. Tom Brady just got $37 million. Where are you on the jockocracy? And is this actually two separate discussions? Is, you know, calling a game much different? Because I think it is. Calling a game versus being a guy at a studio desk. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, to analyze the actual game that is I'm playing in front of you from a, an X's and O's standpoint, it's completely different than being at a desk and offering opinions on everything that is happening. Especially because when you are, a, a, we'll call it a desk analyst, right, or if you're a writer or if you're covering a sport, you should be intricately tied to the sport that you are covering. You should be watching. You should be watching every single team. You should be understanding all of these things. As opposed to when you're at the game, what's your one focus? It's the team, the two teams in front of you, and that's it. You can study up on all of these teams and whatnot, but your main focus of that day is learning the players that are in front of you and playing that game and how these teams operate. And I, I don't have a problem with former athletes being hired at all. Right. But, it, but it should be, just like any other thing, should be qualified to do what you're talking Work! About. Right. Make the effort. Study. Talk to people. Develop sources. And, like, why are you here? Right. And, and it's just, it is to be insulting. To talk down to people who, like me, didn't play the sport at a super high level, but I still have a lot of confidence in my knowledge on a sport, to say, you don't know what you're watching. You don't know what you're talking about. Carry on. That was That's Kendrick Perkins' thing, by the way, at the end of the tweet. He says, okay. carry on. Yeah. He says, carry the hell on. By I'm the way, vote- can, uh, on who can talk about, we've had this argument forever on Sports Talk Radio, um, is Doug Gottlieb qualified to talk NBA or not? He played college basketball at Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. He's yes. super connected in the basketball community, you know, going back to his dad. Qualified or not? I would say yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to sure? think. I've never heard him talk NBA, so I was trying to think. He does it all the time on the show. Okay. And I, I, he sounds to me like he's got good sources. Um, I'm trying to think of what he was talking about today. Oh, just about the the, the Laker job, the Laker roster, you know. Well, sources I, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Talking news is one thing, like understanding what's happened. Like, like the problem with, like, a Kendrick Perkins site, like one of the things that we're talking about here is, Kendrick Perkins on his all-rookie ballot did not include one of the best young players in the NBA, one of the best rookies in Herb Jones. People don't know him. He's a young, you know, young. Uh, he is a defensive wing for the New Orleans Pelicans that made some all-defensive team ballots. He's extremely good as a rookie, making him ballot as the best defender in the NBA, potentially. 
And Kendrick Perkins didn't think that he was one of the best rookies in the NBA this year. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a travesty. You have to have him on your ballot. That including Austin Reeves as some of the, one of the best rookies in the NBA when you can name 10 that were better than him this year. That's a travesty. But then to also, like Jalen Rose, having Kyrie Irving as a third NBA player, when there's contract implications for all these players, that's important. But then to also take the tone of, I'm a former player, I know what I'm talking about, you might when it comes to the game itself. You might, you, you'll totally be able to break down a Spain pick and roll better than I would, right, or horn sets or things like that. But when it comes to paying attention, watching these players on a night-to-night basis, like when I have three TV screens up, Danny, you see my house? When I have three TV screens up and I'm watching every single one of the and reading up on the defensive impact of an Herb Jones type just to stay with that, are you doing that? Because not a lot of players want to. Yeah, I'm calling the games. I, I think this is a really interesting discussion, too. And, again, I'll go back to Gottlieb, who was talking last week about the hiring of Tom Brady and the firing of Drew Brees. And, you know, he said it, and I think a lot of people agree with him, and I think the TV execs agreed. Drew Brees just wasn't that good. He just didn't say anything, and I, I, this is the best part. He, he laid out, he's like, being a game analyst has changed. It's now about the why. It's not, hey, play-by-play guy says, 15-yard pass down the field, that was a good catch. Great catch! Yeah, we don't need you to repeat what the play-by-play guy said or, like, amp everyone up. Why did that just happen? What just happened? Football expert. And I think sometimes that's one of the things. People come in, and they're, they're paid real good money, and they're like, well, I, I can just be enthusiastic and yell. Like, no, we need next-level stuff, but that is also relatable to the average fan. And, and can I also say, too, just along those lines, because you brought him up, um, and I don't really like Bill Simmons a bunch, but I thought he had a pretty good thing on him. I think that this is it was attributed to him. Um, Drew Brees is not as liked as he thinks he is. Oh, no. Drew Brees is, I think, unrelatable. I think he's stiff. I don't think he's very good. Um, and the comments that he made last week where it was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right? Almost like, like, how dare you question what I'm right. – he stinks. Dude, you got fired. I mean, you can say it's right. a mutual – uh, you know, mutual parting of the ways, but you know, from what it sounds like, he didn't want to do studio. He wanted to be at the games and call the games, and that's he wasn't great in the studio. But he, I guess I, I I didn't really listen to him enough during the games. But I guess he was just awful in what he blow one of the playoff games as well. Yeah. So like you, he's a stiff. You, you aren't that great. Maybe go back. You know, you got to go to a lower level. You don't get to do Notre Dame games. You go do some college football and learn the craft. But he doesn't want to do that. He's a former player, Steve. Well, he doesn't need to because he's got lots of money. So. It's like, hey, if I'm not going to make a certain amount of money and I'm not going to be around the NFL, I don't want to do it. Well, then go away. NBC told you you're, you're not welcome. Sorry. Number four. Wait, what's going on here with the injuries in the NBA and the play-in tournament? Well, I, I'm, I'm confused. You're no Jack Collinsworth, Drew Brees. Um, uh, all right. Yes. So we have all these injuries that are going on. That's his name, right? That's is it Jack yeah, Collinsworth. Chris Coll- yes, Chris Collinsworth. But it's J-A-C, isn't it? Yes. What a – I don't know if I'm not allowed to say that, but what a D. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I actually – I think he's pretty solid. Of course, might not he might not deserve to be where he I was is. Quite say, yet. Yeah. Nepotism doesn't mean you're not good at your job. It just yeah. doesn't mean that you don't deserve your job. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Mark Cuban had some of the comments on the play-in tournament being maybe the reason why we're seeing all these injuries. Says uh, up on Twitter, as fun as the playing tournament was, it led to playoff games being played every other night, which raises the question of whether that this has led to teams being tired and possibly injured. 
We can't extend the last day because of TV. Should the play-in just be the eighth seed or not at all? So I like to play it. I think it's fun. It's presented a lot of betting opportunities. It's given the end of the regular season a lot of intrigue because a lot of these teams over the last few seasons have actually gone for a play-in spot. Um, and I think he's right, but I also think he's wrong because what's clearly been happening, think about this. Remember, like, we're not that far removed from that Orlando bubble. Like, the miles on these guys, there has been so much on these basketball players because that bubble that people don't remember, for a team like the Miami Heat, keep in mind, they're playing the Eastern Conference Finals, they get done that year in October in the finals, play again in December, a full season, then come back and play this season. It's wild to think how much basketball that these guys have played. So I think like the play is part of it, but the NBA is clearly trying to shoehorn these games in so they can get back to a normal schedule. I think it all just comes together, which is these guys are really worn down, and we can play about, oh, man, load management. These guys are wusses and babies and not back in the day. When in reality, the NBA's put up through a grinder, man. Like, you give them some time off, a real offseason, and maybe we start to see things get back to normal. Number three. It's funny, off the air, John and I were discussing what the NBA coming to Las Vegas could mean. We'll get some of his ideas here in a second. Why are we talking about it in the now? Well, a Portland reporter went on uh, one of the stations in the Northwest, KJR, and uh, sounded, well, you know, I want to hear it. It sounded... From the quotes, it sounded pretty definitive that we may be getting an NBA team along with Seattle in the near future. This is an interesting one for people in Seattle. I'm being told by uh, an NBA president, team president, that Seattle would be off the table if uh, a potential owner bought the Blazers and wanted to move them. And I said, why? And they said, that uh, is already earmarked for expansion. So the rest of the owners in the league are being told that Vegas and Seattle are the expansion targets pretty big deal right and and he's referencing the portland Trailblazers up being up for sale potentially and all that stuff so you can't move them to las vegas you can't move them to seattle uh because those are our relocation targets so town whenever that's going to happen vegas is front and center for landing an expansion team in the national basketball association and i think we've all kind of seen that coming it makes a lot of sense where they're le- they're, they're home for summer league there's these been these connections out here for a really long time Ever since the Aces came out here as well, with all the rumblings of taking on a WNBA team and what that might mean for an NBA team coming out here. But I think we've kind of seen this coming for a while now. It'll work, right? NBA in Vegas? I think it would. I think this is a bad like, – at the end of the day, look, we saw we, – we know how popular the runner Rebels are, right, it, when they were, at like, really good. I can my, – my best recollection of it was when I was working at Starbucks and talking about unfounded rumors. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, like, when I – you know, and I'm in my late teens – Talking about unfounded rumors about game day potentially coming out here because San Diego State and UNLV were going to play. Like, it, that was the talk of the town. Bas- this is a basketball town. How fun were those Kings and Lakers games when they would come out to the Thomas and Mack? Right? Like, those are awesome. It's a basketball city. And so if the NBA were to come out here, I would have no doubt that that would be a very well-supported franchise. Are you being objective? You love the NBA, and this would help you, John. It would be. It, well, yes, it would. <laughs> it would very much. I, there's no denying that. Uh, that's the, that sound you hear is me snatching up all sorts of domains and buying them. They're, they're tied to words vaguely related to basketball in my name. Um, no, but seriously, like, it would benefit me, sure. But I don't think there's anybody out there listening to my voice right now that hasn't seen, like, high-level and really good basketball for a local team in a while, and they'd be willing to go out there and watch that, especially if it's a good NBA team. And who knows? Because we saw what the NHL did with their expansion rules. We don't know how the expansion would work in terms of draft and whatnot. But if the NBA takes a same, similar path, and wants to set these teams up for success. I mean, who knows how that? They have to, going. don't they? I mean, I would. Think- is, is Adam Silver and the rest of the owners are they that stupid that they believe that Seattle and Vegas, West Coast markets, would support like seven years of twenty-five win? 
teams? I mean, I think they're if they were to do that, you're in the markets that you might think can get away with it. Seattle has been dying for their team back, right? And Vegas, as we talked about, I think is a pretty rich basketball market. So maybe you get that. And also in the NBA, uh, again, I'm not familiar with the intricacies of building an, a hockey team. One impact player can f- like change things for you in, in basketball. So maybe you, you know, you're not as strict, so you can set up the rules however you want. But I would say they probably think that. Number two. So Colin Kaepernick tried, check that, worked out. I'd call it a tryout. Worked out with the Raiders yesterday. We'll get into the notion that he could be the number two quarterback for the Raiders, and that's not outlandish. But a lot of people think it is. They don't understand why this is happening. Brady Quinn is one of them. He does the morning show on Fox Sports Radio. That's our sister station, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340 and 98.9 FM. And Quinn doesn't really understand it. He thinks there's something there's something else at work it feels like it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors you make these big time acquisitions you bring in this offensive genius as a head coach you've got you know again a team that went to the playoffs last year in a division that's just mounting up with so much talent around you and then you do this and it really doesn't make any sense unless you're that concerned about Derek Carr getting hurt which he's been pretty darn reliable and healthy throughout his time in Las Vegas or going back to Oakland. So that's not that big of a concern. Can, can I, I, I don't get it. Can I tell you my favorite part about that clip, by the way? Yeah. At the end, if you notice, his cadence slows down when he's talking about Derek Carr's injury history because really quickly he's thinking, oh, wait, am I getting this wrong? Does he have an injury history? Right. <laughs> because he can't remember whether or not if he does. Um, I don't understand what he's talking about. I like Brady Quinn. I, I think, think, I think we're on the outside in here thinking um, – yeah, the guy is a viable backup, and I know he wants to be a starter again. It's probably not realistic anytime soon. This is the path he's going to have to take. And, yeah, I mean, in all likelihood, Derek Carr won't get hurt. What if he does? You want Nick Mullins to be the guy? I don't know if I want Cap to be the guy, but I think there should be a competition. Right. And I would try to upgrade it, number two quarterback, because I don't believe it's Stiddy. Well, and that's why it kind of surprised me to hear something like this from a guy like Brady Quinn, who's been part of an NFL team. This is what NFL teams do. Leave no stone unturned. Try to find everything that's out there. Sure, like you want to say, you want to, like you said, roll the dice and go into camp with the uh, quarterback depth chart that you have, maybe. Or why don't you add a body or two and see what the competition's like and see if you can find something here. I mean, There's no he, harm in it. He is a different guy because he is tied to some major controversy. He'll be known you know, as an enemy for some people forever. And then Quinn started going down that path, you know, the risk that the Raiders are taking. I just, I, I wonder why you want to bring this on yourself. It has to be to distract from whatever the hell is going on with Mark Davis and, and other things that could come to fruition. Okay, I, I guess it, it could be a shield. I don't know, man. I I, I kind of trust. I have no idea if, if uh, McDaniels is going to be a next-level coach, but they come from the Belichick world. When you say, I don't know why you'd want to bring this on, Belichick – did it. I mean, there's no one at the level of Kaepernick in terms of controversy, but guys from that realm, their organizations are so insulated. Like, what is going to be the major problem? And I sat there at the press conference today, and McDaniels, we'll play the bite for you here in a little bit. I mean, he he, he brushed it off, kind of gave you know an answer. I'm not going to really get into it. He's not with us. Like, these guys are actually handled. This organization is actually uh, built to handle stuff like this. Right, and it's, it's also just, it's so the reaction on this is 
so weird. And no one asked anything today about the Ventrelli thing. And why would they ask the coach? That's who was made available. Mm. No one asked about the New York Times story. There were, and by the way, there was no one national hanging out. ESPN had a kind of a fill-in guy doing reports. Like, I don't know why you'd want to bring this on. No one showed up. Right. It was the local media. And here's the thing, too. When it comes to all of this and, what, like, why would they do this? It also ignores the obvious part, which is the offense coordinator for Las Vegas Raiders was an assistant on the 49ers when Colin Ka- Kaepernick was there. You see the guy. Knows the guy. Maybe you want to bring him in again. It's like, let's see what we got here. I saw him. He was really good. You know, maybe he's hearing things that you're not. He's in shape. We saw the workouts. Let's see what he's got. Here's Doug Gottlieb talking about the Raiders' move to try out Kaepernick. Let's just kind of call it like it is. This is one of those deals where it's a publicity stunt, and I will only cover it as such. It takes our attention off the rest of the mess, which is the Raiders, and tries to make the rest of the NFL look bad, which is a Mark Davis play. Okay. First of all, what is the mess? Allegations by a guy who just got fired, and I'm not saying it didn't happen. They may have a hostile work environment. There may be women who were mistreated there. It seems like their money was mismanaged by someone. Now, Mark Bedane and others who were in charge of that left last year. And then we get reports that at some point, you know, they're having trouble paying basic bills. Um, So if you're to believe that's true, right, that would suggest to me that you think Mark Davis is kind of a buffoon, right? I mean, you're running an organization, you can't pay your bills, and you're letting the lights get turned out. But then at the end of the comment, this is such a Mark Davis move. The genius scheming Mark Davis. Which one is it? Is he a buffoon or a genius in scheming? Again, I'm going to say it, all right? Al Davis was one of a kind, and Mark may have a little bit of Al in him, but he doesn't have all of Al. And, yeah, this Kaepernick thing, I guess in, in some lowest form, Sticks it to the NFL? I mean, does it? Yeah. If no one else wants him, the NFL already had to pay out, you know, a, a, a lawsuit, settle. I just, this whole, like, evil genius Mark Davis just sticking it to the National Football League. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I I agree. And, and what the problem, the funny thing is, too, is so every single clip that we have listened to at this point right now has said it's not a legitimate workout. It's trying to distract from it. It's not a really good idea, right? It's not really working out if that's the case. That you're actually, If that's legitimately the case and they're bringing in Kaepernick to distract from this, every single person has said, that's a distraction. Focus on that thing. Like, it's, it's clearly not the reason why. It's ridiculous. Coming up, we'll hear what Josh McDaniel said about Colin Kaepernick, and uh, we'll give our take, uh, you know, further take on the quarterback situation because there really is no situation with Derek Carr. It's who's going to back him up, who is going to be worst-case scenario guy. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I'd like to first start by extending our condolences and sympathies to the families of the school shooting in Texas uh, that lost, obviously, a lot of innocent lives. I know there's a lot of us here that, that have kids and uh, that hit home pretty hard and uh, a lot of our guys and coaches and people in our organization have been talking a lot about that, praying for them and their families and obviously anybody that was affected by that. 
Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Media availability today at Raiders headquarters. Before getting into the football stuff, Josh McDaniels, new head coach, thought it was important, and it is important, uh, to come out, give a message about the school shooting in Texas. Uh, Most people on hand to discuss what's happened so far with the Raiders. There's not a whole lot to talk about. They're all, you know, just getting acclimated with each other. These are voluntary mini camps, so I don't think you're going to, you know, sit there and count the roster, who shows up, who doesn't. You know, the guys who were there, you know, as I was watching, I'm like, you know what? If I had a contract, and as long as we're not doing anything crazy, then if I live in Vegas and I get to ply my trade, practice a little bit, work out, then I would be there. Um, but, you know, Colin Kaepernick working out yesterday. Fr- frankly, in secrecy, there was no video sent out. There was someone, someone. Uh, Rappaport has someone in the organization. Maybe it's someone different than he had in the past, but Ian Rappaport sent out a report that, uh, you know, the workout went okay. Uh, was, was it impressive? That, was that the wording? It was impressive, mm-hmm. the workout? And uh, the door is open. Now, when we in the media asked, and it was the first question, uh, Josh McDaniels about Kaepernick, he was pretty tight-lipped. Here's what he said. Like I said, we brought in tons of people for workouts. And if there's an opportunity to improve the team, you know, we said it from day one that we would look at every opportunity. And, you know, he's not the first player that we looked at, not the, not the last one. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in and out of this building and have an opportunity to make an impression. And uh, like I said, the evaluations we make are, are kind of private for us. And, you know, if we make a decision to add somebody to the team, then, uh, then we'll do it. Follow-up question just a couple minutes later. Uh, someone asked, hey, did you run this by Derek Carr that you're going to be working out Colin Kaepernick? I think Derek's pretty comfortable with where he's at. I think he knows who he is for us. I know he knows how I feel about him, how we feel about him. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think that's really a big thing to Derek at this point. I think he knows this is his football team and, um, you know, and, and he's working like it on the field and he's leading the way that we want him to lead and he's doing all the right things. I couldn't ask more from, from Derek Carr and very pleased with what he's doing so far. Yeah, no one there believes that Kaepernick's being brought in to usurp, take over, challenge oh? Carr for the starting Then why not position. answer the question, Josh McDaniels? Because I think that's an easy way to deflect. Mm. Um, and so was the first answer. That's an easy way to say, hey, you know, we're not going to talk about a guy who we haven't signed yet. We bring in guys for workouts all the time. And I don't blame Josh McDaniels for doing that because if Kaepernick is signed, then there is going to be stuff, some stuff early on, you know, where you're discussing what's happened the last five years and, you know, what he's going to do as a if he was a backup quarterback, how much is he going to speak? Is uh, he going to continue with, you know, a lot of his uh, social justice efforts? And all that's to be addressed if they sign him. But no one's worked the guy out. You know what? Get past the first hurdle. Just get him in, see how he looks, see how he throws. You know, talk some football with him. You know, how is he going to deal with the off-the-field stuff? I think he's a, a brilliant guy. I don't think he's going to have trouble catching up. But he has been away for a while. And, you know, any system at this point is a new system for Colin Kaepernick. And listen, folks, I get it. As you're listening, John and I are kind of poo-pooing all the stuff that happened the last five years. We're not saying it's not a big deal. We're just looking at this from a football standpoint, and I do believe this Raiders organization is built to handle some of the distractions. And here's the thing. Most of the distractions come from you guys listening, pissing and moaning about it, and us in the media. Hmm? Like I, I don't, I, I, my I, guess is that if Kaepernick was signed and then you know he's working for the number two job in August, there it wouldn't be. Hey, Colin wants 
in the press conference every G damn day. He's got something to say. How do you know that, Steve? It's not going to. How do you know that, Steve? It will never happen. Has he come out and said it yet? It will. How do you know? It will never happen. Hmm. You know it won't happen. I've heard. I've heard differently. It wouldn't happen here, especially with Belichick disciples. Happen around most of the NFL. You know what? I'm going to name right now ten quarterbacks, ten backup quarterbacks that are better than Colin Kaepernick right now. Let's have the debate. Let's do it. Hold on, let me, let me, let me look we've it up. We've got a let guest up. coming up, but I think we're going to do him. We're going to talk to him first, no, and then we and then we can we can do the debate all you want. We're actually going to talk to a former uh, Niner teammate in uh, Ian Williams, who was there the whole time. Uh, Ian was a lineman uh, at a Notre Dame. He was there with Kaepernick from 2011 to 2016. Sign up for an A-play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. You don't forget something that you've been doing for over 30 years. You know, you might have to get knock some rust off, but you don't forget how to do that. His body hasn't failed him. His body probably feels better than it's ever felt. Yes, it's been natural aging process, but he finished at 28 years old. No major surgeries, no major injuries. He didn't retire because of injury. The game was taken away from him because he took a political stand. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. There you go. Bart Scott is all about Colin Kaepernick getting back in the NFL. He had a workout yesterday with the Raiders. John and I are pretty much about it if he can still play. I think there's a good chance he can, and I think the number two quarterback job with the Raiders is up for grabs. Ian Williams played on the Niners. Exact time period that Kaepernick was there. We wanted to get his feedback. He's an NFL analyst. He's now in Florida with CBS Sports Orlando. Ian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me on. So were you shocked, surprised by the fact that the Raiders, finally someone in the NFL is like, you know what, fella, come in and work out? Well, I'm not shocked or surprised because Cap deserves it. He's been fighting for it. He's been training exactly for this moment right here to be able to get an opportunity for a team to be able to give him a chance so that he can still go out there and play football. You know, exactly what you guys were talking about before I came on. He's still healthy. He didn't retire because of an injury. He's actually very hungry to go out there on the gridiron and get another opportunity, especially with a position being behind Derek Carr, not having to go in and have to will a franchise back to the Super Bowl, but somewhere he can come in, get his feet wet, and have an opportunity to you know be a quarterback back in the NFL. So when you hear tweets like this, um, he hasn't played since 2016. He's 34. He relies on running. There are third-string quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick. What is your response to something like that? Negative. There are not many second or third string quarterbacks out there that's better than Colin Kaepernick. I mean, let him go out there and see what he does in the preseason. I feel like if he's fine now, he'll have a great chance to be able to get better during the OTAs. And then during the preseason, we'll see how rusty he is. He'll, he might be a little rusty. It's hard to not play football for a lot of years and then come out there and play against some of the best athletes in the world and still be the same guy you were when you were 27, 28. There's going to be some changes in his game, his throwing motion and, and, and certain things, but he's still a great quarterback. He still understands the game. He can still read a defense. And it's just like you said, if things were to break down in the pocket, he, he can still use his legs. And I think the game is transitioning towards quarterbacks who can use their legs. So I think in certain instances, especially with Derek Carr's uh, 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 strong suit, you can definitely you know flip the offensive game and be able to throw Colin Kaepernick out there on the fourth down or be able to use him in packages where now – you know, that second-string quarterback, you can actually make them useful in an offensive game plan. 
And, you know, like we were talking about this earlier, I, I've just kind of been making the case, Colin Kaepernick or not, isn't this what you're supposed to do as a, as a football team and as a coach? Don't you want to, like, turn over every stone? Don't you want to look at every guy, bring dudes in, and just see what you have? Like, the more bodies, the better. And if you unlock something, great. And if not, well, you tried. Exactly. That's your overall goal, to be able to bring in the best guys every year. We're looking for the 53 best or however many, however many guys are on the roster this year, we're looking for the best of the best to be able to go out there and represent the Las Vegas Raiders as best as possible for the fans and for the NFL. So I feel like the GM and the franchise, uh, the ownership there, they're trying to do that. And they're also trying to also bring in someone who could possibly take over the helm if anything were to happen to their car. That's exactly why you're trying to bring in the best of best because you never know what's going to go out there on the field. You know, you can have your star quarterback get injured. You saw what happened in Dallas with that press guard. You've seen these things happen across the league. You need a reliable second-string quarterback that can go in there and look coherent when he's out there running the offense. Yeah, the assumptions made about Colin Kaepernick are, are pretty amazing, and I think they're good talking points. And Ian Williams is with us, played for the Niners, was a Notre Dame guy as well. He's now in Florida working for CBS Sports Orlando. What do you think when you see people say, you know what, this guy didn't love football at the end. He had a, another mission. He didn't love football. I mean, I can say a lot of things to that because I was there the first year he was there. I saw his work ethic. I saw him beat guys there every morning. I saw his wife. Uh, um, uh, Porsche there every time that I came that morning. First thing in the morning, last person to leave. So you see these things over time, and it's not like he had started to do this once he had got his money. No, he was doing that before he even started to really compete with Alex Smith and then eventually took over the job. He was already fighting himself, trying to be there every day and be the best player that he can. So I feel like he has the opportunity in the NFL, I feel like he'll do the same thing again. So, you know, there's going to be naysayers out there. I mean, of course, you know, there's going to be the negative people that are going to say things about him. But I feel like if he can go out there and look productive and fit the role that the offense and the team needs him to fit, I feel like it will be a great position for him and whichever team, hopefully the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, whoever signed him. You guys weren't good. The Latin, I mean, you know, let's just talk facts good the last year from a win-loss standpoint in the games that he played in. You look at his numbers, they were actually still pretty good, though. Um, when people lean on that, like, you know, he was declining. And, and there are a lot of people who are like, hey, he went the social uh, justice route because he knew he was headed out of the league. How do you react? He was still a great quarterback that led us to a Super Bowl that we should have won. I saw this firsthand. I saw his transition from his rookie year to be able to lead us to the Super Bowl. And being around the best athletes and the best players brings something else out of you that we didn't have after Justin Smith, after Frank Gore, after Patrick Willis, after Vernon Dave, all these guys left. When you lose that core of guys around you, you're not going to be the same player. We still had guys go out there and put that 49er helmet on, but they weren't those same guys that he played with when we got to the, with the Super Bowl and almost beat the Ravens. It's a difference between playing with with those guys in 2012 and playing with those guys in 2016, 2017. It's a different cast of characters. If you could put him on that same team with those same guys, with the same mindset, you'll get the same Kaepernick out of him, and you'll get that same player out of a, out of a lot of guys. You put a great player on a very weak team that's on the bottom picking in the first, second, or third picks in the NFL draft, he's going to be an average player. Now, if you put that average player on a great team with the Patriots or somebody who's yeah. picking last in the first round, he's going to be a great player, or he's going to most likely have the best chance to succeed. So if you have Cap 
and some great players around. You have Devontae Adams. If anything happens to Derek Carr, you have a great running game. You have a lot of things outside of Colin Kaepernick and his arm and his legs to be able to make the team succeed and be able to function great on offense. Yeah, for me, I'm super enthused. And we're talking to Ian Williams, who played in the NFL, was on the Niners from 2011 to 2016 with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, for me, I'm super enthused that many players in the NFL, um, and I, I think there were always guys who thought about the outside world, saw issues, uh, saw the opportunity to be leaders. It's opened up more. There's a lot more outspoken dudes. The other thing I see all the time, uh, people make an assumption about Colin Kaepernick, that he will go into a locker room and tear apart the locker room, uh, which I think, one, is insulting to Kaepernick, that he's you know just some reckless jackass, and two, that most locker rooms – there isn't a whole lot of conversation, and guys can't couldn't coexist if they actually were talking real issues. I think guys could be able to definitely coexist and talk about real issues in the locker room. You're amongst, you know, some of the best and the best in the world, uh, physically and mentally, with coaches and players. So I feel like whatever issues you'll be able to hash out because you're ultimately trying to get to one goal, and that's the Super Bowl, and it's trying to win it. Obviously, guys have huge platforms now, which is why Cat uses platform to call out something that he saw that was a problem and still is a problem that we're dealing with to this day. He's tried to call that out and start the discussion to be able to talk about that. He used his platform and took the sacrifice knowing of what could possibly happen and still did it. And now, a few years later, now we're talking about him getting a tryout where all the things that he did is starting to culminate now, which is why he did what he did. But I feel like if he were to step into a locker room, obviously there are some discussions that are going to, that are going to be had, but ripping, ripping apart a locker room, I feel like the NFL is a, is a mixture of different race, races, and I feel like we'll eventually figure it out, just like we always figure it out on the field, whether it's offensively or defensively. I feel like a guy like Colin Kaepernick coming in to a locker room would definitely uplift everybody, especially people who are trying to be professionals and win football games. You know, you could believe whatever you want off the field, but when you're here in these locker rooms, we're trying to win football games. So bring your best, best pail to work. So you were on the Niners, you know, obviously sharing a market at the time with the Oakland Raiders. What's your opinion and, and what do you hear about Mark Davis as an owner? Because there's a lot of people alleging that, hey, this, this is just Mark Davis trying to stick it to the NFL, bringing in Kaepernick. I don't think he's trying to stick it to anybody. I think he's trying to give a guy an opportunity and exactly what you were talking, uh, talking about earlier. He's trying to overturn every stone that could possibly make his football team better. And then does Colin Kaepernick being on your football team draw more uh, scrutiny, draw more eyes? Yes, it probably does. So on, on, in the dollar or advertisement uh, phase, yes, it does, you know, uh, cause more attention. But, you know, you can flip that attention to make it positive and be able to use it in the right way. So I feel like Mark Davis is just trying to make his football team better. And this is what GMs do and owners do all season long, all off season long. They're trying to get better. And if they can upgrade at that number two spot behind Derek Carr, I think they can do it with Colin Kaepernick. Where do you think the Raiders are in the pecking order in the AFC West? I mean, if you're finishing the season up 10-7 and 7 in that division over there and then you, you get Devontae Adams, obviously you need to improve on that defense. But I feel like the Las Vegas Raiders, especially with the type of talent that they have, you know, they're going to have some, 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 some positive uh, feedback on their schedule towards the end of the, end of the schedules. I think 
as the season gets deeper in and they're running the football better and they're starting to mesh well with Devontae Adams. I don't know how they're going to use him because he can always you know, mess with the offense where they're trying to feed him the ball too much. But I feel like uh, the, 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 the conference that they're in, you know, going against the Chargers, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of great competition. But, you know, having Derek Carr, having Devontae Adams, improving the defense is going to be the best way for them to win football games out there. Let's close on uh, a couple of topics from college football. I don't think we've spoken to you since all the Brian Kelly stuff went down and Marcus Freeman taking over. All right, here we go. Fighting Irish, what do you think about the change? Well, I mean, with Chip Kelly, you know, when somebody presents you a a check with with, uh, that many figures, it's hard to say no. Um, And Chip uh, was my my coach my senior year, my my first year that he came up. My last year, it was his first year. And I got to know Chip very well, so I was very excited for him to be able to move down to the Baton Rouge and have that opportunity. But at the same time, I'm still golden. I'm still Irish. So it's exciting to see Marcus Freeman have this opportunity. And I feel like with his uh, positivity, how he's going to be coaching these guys and they're recruiting these past couple of years and, and the future recruiting classes, they're going to be able to bring Notre Dame back to glory. Where do you fall in the NIL discussion and what's happened this Offseason in college football, obviously last week, both guys lost their mind with Saban and Jimbo Fisher. I'm trying to see if I got some more eligibility left. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go through the NCAA if I got another year or two left so I can get some of this name, image, and likeness deals. I'm telling you, man, this is crazy stuff that's happening for these young kids. I can only imagine being 17, 18, and 19, having an opportunity to make six figures just off of, you know, how I look. I mean, I wasn't as pretty as I am now. When I was 17 and 18, but you know these guys have a great opportunity to, be, to make a lot of money. But at the same time, you're dealing with young kids who are going to be making a lot of money, and that could cause you know a lot of uh, issues in the locker room. Dealing with young kids, not professionals yet. So uh, it's exciting times for. But at the same time, Nick Saban and all the scrutiny going on with you know everybody pointing fingers. Stop pointing fingers and go out there and recruit and play football. Yeah, uh, Saban actually brought up. I'm glad you mentioned it could. You know, all that money could create problems. Something like that could create problems in any workplace. You know, if someone all of a sudden is getting a lot more money, it becomes public information, then egos are bruised. We saw uh, Saban mention the Miami basketball situation where they brought in a guy from Kansas State and then they publicized that they were going to get him like four hundred grand a year in NIL deals. And another player on the team was like, hey, I brought us to the, to the Elite Eight. Where, you know, where's, where's my money? Uh, for, for me, like – isn't that the job of the coach? If coaches are going to get three, five, seven, twelve million dollars a year, like guess what, brother? There's going to be some challenges, and there's going to be some different things you have to manage. Be a big boy and learn how to manage. Well, they need to figure out who they're going to be able to bring in to help these coaches manage this. These coaches have so much going on with game plan, trying to fit the roster perfectly so that they can be successful out there on the, on the gridiron or on the basketball court. You need to have somebody who can actually you know, help them formulate this roster so that they don't have those issues because you're going to have those issues. And they need to stop publicizing what these kids are making at 17, 18, and 19 years old because that's only going to make it difficult and for the uh, more difficult for the smaller schools who can't afford to pay a guy $1,400,000 uh, a year and have to do this multiple times with multiple dudes on the roster. So I feel like the NCAA, you know, they let this happen and they finally let it happen. I'm glad they did, but I feel like, they need to have some rules and some containment on this thing because if they don't, they don't contain it early and fast enough, it's going to get out of hand. And it's starting to get out of hand, especially with Nick Saban and all the hoopla that's happening in social media and 
through the media, you know, with people pointing fingers and talking about certain uh, college programs and what they do and what they don't do and what they can't do, what they used to do. We don't want that. That's not why the NIL was made from the NCAA. We didn't want that. We want these kids to be able to uh, fund themselves and be able to take care of their families because they have a rightful duty to be able to do these things. So we want them kids to make money, but at the same time, we don't want to cause any problems with the colleges and the NCAA and how everything's going, going to be run. Ian, we appreciate the knowledge. Really good insight. Have a good holiday weekend, okay? Appreciate you. Happy Memorial Day weekend, you guys. There he is, Ian Williams. Lineman from the Niners, played at Notre Dame as well. Let's do another giveaway. we got Eagles tickets coming up this weekend, Saturday show. Uh, AXS.com is where you can grab your tickets. 8 o'clock show. Eagles are in town. Hotel California Tour, 364-1100, Caller 7, caller 7 at 364-1100. You get tickets to go see the Eagles. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Rolling on. Silver 7s here on a Thursday. Riley Smith appeared on the VGK Insider Show earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, we're big on this Battle for Vegas softball game. Riley's had a lot of cool things to say. We got into his hobbies the other day. Was he talking some baseball? Pretty foreign to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I played lacrosse in the summers growing up. I never really played baseball at all. Um, So it's, it's a challenge for me. Trying not to embarrass myself is probably my main goal. For me, it's such a great event. It's so much fun. I think the fans are so engaging. They don't get to see us during the summers, and mm-hmm. this just gives them an extra opportunity to to kind of jump back into the, the VGK mindset. And it's all supporting such a great cause. You know, I want this thing to keep on going for as long as I can, and um, it all comes from the support that we get from the community. Battleforvegas.com to get the softball tickets. It's July 18th, LV Ballpark. Raider Stars against Riley Smith and the VGK Stars. I always love when sports radio people talk about a charity softball game and they're like, are you good? I mean, I assume he's better than we are. I, I think. I think. I don't I don't know if Wallace and uh, I assume Magnum's terrible at everything, but no no need to take shots at, at Chris Chapman. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So we talked about Kaepernick mostly today. Uh getting the tryout yesterday with the Raiders. Well, Raiders did have media availability, so a couple of questions were asked and answered at the presser. And I thought one of the good questions and and comments uh, that Josh McDaniels mentioned, someone asked him about, hey, how much are you going to replicate what you guys were doing with the Patriots? What are you going to bring here from Patriot land? To the Raiders, it's hard for anybody to leave there, and I and I didn't know this on you know a while ago, but it's hard for anybody to leave there and and try to replicate you know everything that happens there, um, and it's probably true across the board in all the sports, you know, and um, and I made the mistake of trying to do too much of that the first time. Um, I think you just got to be able to be yourself and. Um, you know, I think we have a, uh, you know, we have a good thing going in terms of the direction that we've started things in. Um, but there's definitely the football part of it and, and the belief in what, what the belief in how to win or lose and, and some of the strategy and those kind of things. Very, very much what I know. That's all I know. But I would say the, the interpersonal interactions each day. Um, the flow of the day, um, you know, some of those other things that, you know, that you could choose to copy if you if you wanted to. Um, you know, we have a lot of great people, like I said. And, and so, 
being able to just, you know, give them their responsibility. They know what their roles are and let them go do their jobs. Um, I think it's really important for me. It's really important for them to know that I support them and that I'm, I'm just here to be a resource and try to help them if I can. And if I can't, then I'm going to learn from them. So um, it's, been, it's been great in terms of just trying to put that, you know, uh, into motion here. I think the players and coaches know, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be that way. Um, I'm not Bill, you know, and, and I, don't, I can't be. And so I'm not going to try, and um, I just want to try to be myself, and hopefully I can be a good leader for our team. A much more mature, I think, Josh McDaniels from his Denver days. And I'm glad that he said again, you know, I tried to do some of the Patriot stuff, copy it with the Broncos, and it didn't exactly work out. Uh, we'll get into the player aspect of practice, get a little more deep divey tomorrow. I noticed a lot of people were looking to see where Alex Leatherwood was working with the offensive lineman. He did work at right tackle a bit. I just want people to know that from an offensive line standpoint, when you've got a line that's kind of in flux and has a lot of utility players who can play lots of positions, they're all going to get looks at lots of positions. And the Raiders owe it to themselves and Leatherwood. He was such a high pick to really explore this. You know, can he play right tackle? They need him to play right tackle or right guard and be good at it. It's just starting here, folks. I know it's freaking end of May, but the 2022 season for the Raiders, the question marks are there. The season is right around the corner.